0: And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products
2: Everybody, welcome to Movie Crush Mini Crush Edition. Monday, Monday, can't stand that day. You don't like Mondays? No, it's a Mama's Mama's in the Papa song. Oh, and there's, but there's also that uh, Boomtown Rat song. I don't know why I don't like Mondays. I like that one. No. That's a great song, no. Bob Geldof. Um, all right, Noel, how you doing? I'm doing really well, Chuck. How are you? I'm great. Is, is it weird for both of us now to be this busy as two dudes? who probably spent a lot of their lives, speaking for me, but guessing about you, not being super busy guys. I mean, I don't know. I've always kind of had some balls in the air, but no, oh, these yeah? are definitely a little
3: <laughs> a little more, more balls, a little more juggling and a little less just tossing a ball up and down,
2: you know? More balls, everybody. A lot of more balls. Up with balls. So, welcome. Thanks for the support, everyone, uh, for these mini-crushes. We're having a good time in here uh, doing these. So we appreciate you listening. They're performing just as well as the Maxi Crush uh, main interview. So we really appreciate that. All right, so we're going to move on to a recommended viewing segment. As everyone knows, I do a foreign film recommendation, a documentary film recommendation, and an independent film recommendation. So we actually have a guest this week for the foreign film rec. Everyone say hello to my boss, the president of our podcast network. Mr. Connell Byrne. Hey, guys. How
4: are you? As I like to refer to him, Mr. Byrne.
2: Hey, yep, me too. I try that on myself. At, <laughs> it's weirder when I say it. So I decided to bring Connell in here because my uh, foreign film pick for this week is a movie that he rec- recommended to me years ago. And is it pronounced? Caché. Cachet. Cachet. Okay, there you go.
4: Caché. Because
2: you speak a little French,
4: right? I do. When I was a kid, I was, I was, when I was turning 17, uh, my parents, who are from Ireland, uh, d- announced to me that instead of doing the normal senior year high school thing, mm-hmm. I was going to be shipped off to France. Wow. And put into a French-speaking, full-blown, like, French school. Holy and shit. And so I did that for a year, and then for a very brief moment of my life, for maybe two or three years after that, I was fully fluent in French, and it was really cool. It was very weird and cool. How are you now? Uh, You know, it's like one of those things like it genuinely is a little bit like riding a bicycle where like if you – if I read a book in in French or watch a little bit of a movie, I'll I'll get a lot more and very Mm -hmm. quickly ramp back up. But uh, it's fear. You just fear that I don't know how to speak this anymore. But if you're watching a French film, do you need to read the subtitles? A little, half and half. I'll try to drift off the subtitles for periods of five or ten minutes and I'll do just fine. But then Mm -hmm. you just – you obviously lapse back in and start reading them again thinking that you're not capable. Well, they talk. So fast
3: and use so much like slang and yeah, just
4: yeah. things just pounding yeah, words there's together. So yeah. many hand gestures and spittle, and it's a beautiful country. <laughs> a lot of spitting, for a lot French of films. spitting. It's true.
2: All right, so uh, I'll set up this movie. Caché is a is a movie from two thousand five, uh, written directed by an Austrian filmmaker named uh, Michael. Is it Haneke? Michael Haneke, yeah. Who. Uh, I, I don't know what he's best known for maybe funny games
4: yeah he's best known for funny games um, He he's uh, the original I, he, funny games yeah and he just did one more recently that I was just trying to look up before this that won all kinds of a war, oh Amour so about uh, I did not seen Amour ha- to be clear but he also remade funny games so I believe, weird right in English oh yeah. he did the remake he directed yeah. his yeah. own remake yeah. oh, I, don't,
2: yeah. I think I might have known that and forgotten
4: it. yeah so he's a bit of a uh, he's a bit of a Lars von Trier guy where he's sort of like a very good, uh, depending on where you come down on Lars von Trier, but a very good director. But who's also kind of meta. He's also playing with the medium in mm-hmm. ways that's that's beyond just I'm going to make an interesting movie that's going to break break the fourth wall or something like that. He's also like remaking his own movies, and then that becomes part of film critic right. critical theory. And so it's very interesting, very interesting guy.
2: So Cachet is a, I guess you could call it a psychological thriller. Uh, with the great Juliette Binoche, uh, Maurice job <laughs> sure go there and daniel
4: otoy so like cachet is for me probably top five ever and has hung out there since i saw it and it, it in some ways it's very obvious it brings together two of the greatest french actors ever mm-hmm. the and otoy otoy was well known for man of the springs or mental des source as the french call it which was that huge i think it was a three-part Three films they made, two or three films they made uh, 20, 25 years ago. They're fantastic films. Oh, yeah? They're period pieces, but that's what Daniel LaToy came into his own as a young actor. Mm-hmm. He is phenomenal. He sort of took the helm from – I'm I'm oversimplifying a lot here, but like he sort of took the helm from uh, Depardieu as, as – France's great new actor. Right. And Binoche is obviously Binoche. I mean, from yeah. she did Blue and on down. She's just been lights out, incredible. So these two actors come together in cachet, which starts out as a very, very unnerving, but fairly straightforward thriller where a guy is unnerving watching. Unnerving is and, the word for yeah, it. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, so like it, it, the oh, it's one of the greatest openings ever, right? Like where he's watching a videotape or a tape of some kind. And it turns out to be his own... Apartment, yeah, the outside the facade of his own apartment that mm-hmm. somebody has filmed, and it's just that incredibly simple act of filming where you live and then sending it to someone Super is incredibly creepy. unnerving. And that's the kind of thing that Hannek is good at. Is like you don't have to necessarily run into a room with a uh, a knife and stab somebody yeah. to scare an audience. Very subtle, simple gestures can also be terrifying.
2: Oh, I think if anybody came home found a, a DVD on their front porch. And it was film footage of their house. That's there's not many things that is more disturbing. Yeah,
4: I mean, David Lynch did the same thing, right? Where like he it's had Lost that, Highway, exactly. Where it's just really just there's nothing remarkable about the footage that was mailed to whomever. In that, was no, just locked it, down on a tripod. Literally, just in, in Lost Highway, it's like moving through the house. But you're like, it's that it's that somebody leaving their thumbprint or, uh-huh. or imprint on your life. So it starts off pretty simply and then where he goes with it is not to spoiler it, which I won't, but uh, he takes it into very, very layered racial issues mm-hmm. that I will say this. You may only understand if you know a French person or have lived in French in France, you may only understand the riff between uh, – for, for in America, it's 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 our – our racial problem, which may be one of the original sins of our country, some people say, is that is that that chasm between races in our country that also exists in France. Yeah, but in France, it's between um, uh, the Islamic population, the Middle Eastern population, oh, okay. and the white population. Mm-hmm. And so, when you hear things like the Le Pen group uh, politically rising in France, that's their target. Yeah. Uh, whereas in America, obviously, the Islamic and, and Middle Easterners. Uh, we have you know, s- similar challenges here that we got to overcome as a country. But essentially, it's it, 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 our big thing is sort of African Americans and white population. Yeah. In in France, it's more Middle Easterners. And that's where that movie goes. It starts off as a pretty simple thriller, but it mm-hmm. ends up as this very deep story about really what you might call the the original sin of French uh, racism, if you could call it that. Yeah, it there's just a gets
3: deep, lot of man. layers.
4: It gets so deep. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's really great. I think
3: it has one of the great final shots yeah. of any movie. Yeah. It's well, yeah. So simple, that's simple, right, but it's picture. just, it, it holds. Yeah. It just, like, holds. It's a mind And you're looking bender. for something. That's right. You don't. I mean, that, this isn't even a spoiler. You're literally just this static right. lockdown shot where you're, like, trying to find... What am I supposed That's to be exactly looking at? That's exactly right. And it's, it,
4: it's, and it's really like, again, it's Heneke tipping his hat to maybe a movie like The Shining, mm. where you do have that photo at the end, but it's very resolving. Yeah. You're like, oh, the I get it. Well, Whereas, they push right in on Jack. Right Jefferson's in on Jack, face. and yeah. you're just like, I get it. This is a thing. But in Heneke, it's very unsatisfying because you're like, Wait, what? Because we? we've been trained through The Shining to be like, oh, he's going to throw up a photo, and it's going to answer everything. Right. And then he holds on it so long. Uh-huh. And you're like, what am I supposed to be seeing? But you know the answers in there somewhere, and I I don't know what it is.
3: But it's like given weight by how long he holds That's on. That's right. Him. So you're like, this mu- there must right. be meaning yeah. here, otherwise he wouldn't hold this damn
4: shot for That's so long. That's right. It's long. a great. It's, it's so really, good.
3: I mean, well, yeah, so
2: good. it's one of those movies. Well, and a little bit more about the plot without giving it away. That the the tapes escalate. There are more tapes. Yeah. Um, yeah. There. Are, uh, Secrets of the past of yes. this family yes. are revealed, and it's one of those movies that reveals itself little by little, yeah. and then with this this knockout of an ending, which is to say, it's the opposite of a knockout of an ending. Yep. Except, it's the kind of movie where once it ends, you immediately go to your laptop. And start googling, <laughs> cache ending explain. That's right. So yeah, you can yeah. try and figure it's out. It's a exactly
4: movie what's like uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, where like when I finished that one, I was just googling for seven hours yeah. after like what just happened. Yeah, uh, and and you. I think the reason that it does that is because it it basically breaks down daniel Otoy's character on every possible level. Mm-hmm. It starts off pretty simple where it's like you're being stalked right then it gets into his masculinity that mm-hmm. there's that moment on the street where he he, sta- he fronts this guy or nearly runs him over on yeah, a yeah. bike. But the minute the guy stops the bike and turns back to Daniel O'Toy it's like, you want, you want some? Uh-huh. Daniel O'Toy backs down immediately. Yeah. So it's a story of his masculinity. Then it becomes a story of his racism. Uh-huh. Then it becomes a story of his childhood trauma. And yeah. it, it's just like it breaks this dude down um, in an incredible way where at the end of the movie you're just like you, – you kind of feel sorry for him but uh, – but he's yeah, also it's not a good guy. No, he's not. He's not a good guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just when I see a movie like this, I just think like, how the fuck do you sit down and conceive and write a film that's so densely layered and so subtle and impactful? I I I don't know the backstory of this movie.
4: I don't know if it was a book before a movie or anything like that. But uh, as a script, it is one of the best. Yeah, I mean, it is just one of the best. And. Again, I can't, you know, you got Benotion and a toy, the powerhouses of French acting, just enjoying it. It's soaking up every single yeah. scene they're in, and it's it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see movies that take a male archetype. I was just thinking about this. There was another movie that I can't remember the name of right now. I'll, I'll think of it. We'll edit it in later. But um, where it's a similar vibe where they just took a lead Male character and broke him down systematically across ninety minutes. Yeah, it's a cool setup for a movie, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Thanks yeah, a lot. Everybody, go watch Cache. All right, I'll see you guys. Bye bye. Got to go back to work. Run on this thing. <laughs> I see. It.
1: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast. How rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024.
2: All right, and now we're going to do What's Up, Doc?
4: What's up, Doc?
2: For <laughs> documentary recommendation. I think I just titled that this week, by the way. I don't know why I think of like to think of dumb little titles like that. I mean, you know, you're good at it, man. <laughs> it could be just a documentary recommendation. But no, I've got to call it What's Up, Doc? This week I'm going to talk about Shut Up, Little Man. Have you seen this one? No, but that was a very... Uh... Spirited reading just then. <laughs> well it's it it actually has an exclamation point in the title i see, so I, I heard it, yeah, you're required to read it that way, so this is oh no you're gonna you're gonna love this one. this is a documentary that was out um I don't know a few years ago, I didn't look up the date, but it was here's the story is there were these two dudes who moved into an apartment in San Francisco in the early nineties and after they moved in, it turns out that through their paper-thin walls, they uh, realized they lived next door to a couple of um, argumentative, uh, violent alcoholics. Doesn't sound fun or funny. I mean, I'm, I can see the potential. <laughs> and it's not—it's a weird sort of feeling that it leaves you with. Because what they did was they started— uh, taping uh, on cassette tapes, these arguments. And it gets the title because one of the guys um, used to shout, Shut up, little man! was one of the things he shouted at his, his flatmate. Uh, so they started, there are these audio verite recordings that these guys made on cassette, like I said. And it became one of those things in the early 90s. I don't, I mean, you were youngish then, but pre-internet, pre-YouTube, things still got around. Mm -hmm. Like I remember friends sharing uh, videotapes of things that they would tape off television, which was YouTube. Not just like, here's this movie, but like here are 12 funny things I taped from the farting preacher to, uh, this, uh, news anchor that, that kept fucking up on the air Mm -hmm. and melted down. Sure. Like things you see on YouTube today, things got around still pre-internet. Uh, and, Audio cassettes was one way that this happened. Like, do you remember the Jerky Boys? Oh, yeah. I heard the Jerky Boys for the first time sitting in a car in a parking lot on a cassette that had been passed around through friends. And then it later became like a real movie and stuff. Which I actually never saw. It's so funny. I used to uh, exchange Smashing Pumpkins bootlegs with
3: people on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. And we would mail them to each other. But uh-huh. The best part was they'd fill the empty spots on the like the the leftover tape yeah. with just whatever they wanted. Right. So I discovered a lot of cool new music just from like <laughs> trading these bootlegs.
2: Yeah, it was funny because it was that feeling that that tape space was had values, yes. which it did. Yeah. So like, oh, I'm not going to leave like 20 minutes yeah. of unused tape. Yeah. I'll just throw some shit on there. Not anymore though. That's great. <laughs> No, no value to tape anymore. That's not true. Uh, So anyway, these guys made these recordings. Part of the documentary is the story of these two uh, gentlemen who live next door that they surreptitiously recorded. Part of it is then the life that these tapes took on because uh, it it kind of got passed around and got passed around, became a viral sensation uh, in the analog era before – things were called viral sensations. And they ended up having about 14 hours of tape and they, it became, you know, a a music label put out a a CD of it. It became a comic book. Um, A play was produced based around this. Devo recorded a song about this. It really spread around sort of the underground uh, community of San Francisco and beyond. But then you had this background of, but this is, these are tapes of these two guys who are alcoholics and and fight constantly. So it has this weird, sad element, too, because you also hear about their story and the fact of, like, that weird question of, like, wait a minute, this is their life that you've ripped off and are broadcasting now. Yeah, it's sort of that Grizzly Man question from the last episode,
3: like, is it pure kind of creepy voyeurism? Like, yeah. what's the value
2: in this other than entertainment? You and know? where's the line, and should these guys have even made these tapes? Uh, so the, it, it introduces a lot of questions. It's really, really good.
3: Yeah, I'm just reading a little synopsis online and, and hearing you talk about it. I, I'm really I'm interested for sure.
2: Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. So Shut Up, Little Man is the What's Up Doc recommendation. And finally, moving on to Independence Day.
0: Rocking
2: Do I have to, to keep Earth. explaining how that's spelled? <laughs> You're talking about the movie with Will Smith, right? Oh, my well, God. Were... <laughs> We should do that every time. <laughs> I think we probably will. Independence, D-E-N-T apostrophe S, as an in independent film. Ah, uh, yes. I'm going with Short Term 12. You seen that one? Ah, Nope, never heard of it. Oh, man. This is from a few years ago, uh, starring Brie Larson, uh, John Gallagher Jr., Caitlin uh, uh, Dever or Deaver, uh, Rami Malek from uh, Mr. Robot. Yep. Uh, and then the great Lakeith Stanfield from Get Out. He's in it, and I think... I don't know. If it was the first thing he was in. First thing I saw him in. Uh, but written directed by a man named Destin Daniel uh, Creton or Cretone, C R E T T O N. He's from Hawaii. But here's the deal: He went to college in San Diego. Uh, was a filmmaking student and hobbyist, and at the same time worked at a group home, uh, group home for at risk teenagers. Uh, as a, I don't know if he got paid or if he was just a volunteer, but he was making these short films. He eventually made a short film about um his group home uh, and i believe his group home was called short term 12 as in it was the the number 12 in the series of short term homes for these kids in the, uh, in that city and he ended up making it into a feature film and it is phenomenal and emotionally devastating and draining and uplifting all at the same time if you like independent films, it has all the hallmarks of independent film. You feel like it's really happening. The acting is great. Brie Larson is just—she's one of the best of her generation.
3: Oh, yeah. She's fantastic.
2: Was She was on United United States of Terror. Emily watched that. I didn't watch that. It was before she got really huge. With yeah, the yeah. She Oscar was the buzz. daughter.
3: She, I, I really liked that show a lot.
2: Yeah, Emily loved it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love uh, Tony Collette, so yep. I don't yep. know why I never watched it. I think it was one of those where— she started, I got behind, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to catch up Oh, now. it's
3: hard. It's too much stuff to consume, too. It's like you can't you can't too do it all.
2: much. I saw the funny uh, Onion headline the other day. It said, Area Man no longer taking uh, TV show recommendations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Short Term 12, um, obviously set in that group home for troubled teens. There's a story of the teens themselves, um, one of which is uh, takes part in self-harm, uh, cutting Um, She has to deal with that. Brie Larson uh, has her own uh, story going on as uh, in a relationship with her boyfriend who uh, she doesn't – she won't open up to him emotionally. Yet she will do this job, and maybe that's why, where it is all emotion. Uh, So it sort of tells the story of her relationship as she's working at this place, as she's dealing with this pregnancy. And it's just so hardcore. deals with abuse, uh, neglect. Mental illness, but, again, also uplifting in many ways. Just such a, such a great, great small movie. Couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, it's almost like required viewing, you know? All right. It's one of those. I guess I'm required to view it. <laughs> all right. Now we'll move on to social studies. Social studies on Movie Crush. Where I post Facebook queries to you, the listening audience, all my pals out there in Movie Crush and Movie Crusher land. Uh, This one was what's your sick on the couch rainy day movie? What's your go to? And people love this. And about 30% of the people said Harry Potter movies. So I'm not going to read any of those, but shout out to everyone who said a Harry Potter movie. (laughs) Guess that's a good on the couch movie.
3: It's actually funny that you say that. My On the Couch movie was a Harry Potter movie the last time I was sick, but it's this version that's narrated by this dude um, whose name I can't remember, but it's called Wizard People, Dear Reader, and he just narrates the entire movie with this absurdist kind of rewritten Mm -hmm. prose like telling the story in voiceover narration. Yeah, Um, He he did a show on Adult Swim called China, Illinois. He's got some weird cartoons, but check out Wizard People if you're a Harry Potter fan. I want to hear people write in about that. It's pretty great.
2: All right. Harry Potter fans. I'm not one of them. Get involved. So I'm going to go with. I don't have a number one go to, but if I'm flipping it around and I'm sick in bed and Wonder Boys is on, I will watch that a million times. One of my favorite movies. Very cool movie. And just has that great sort of, just what I need when I'm when I'm sick in bed. Tone. It makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. But not too crazy. Like just very mellow. Yeah. You need mellow. Yes. All right. So I'm going to read through a bunch of these fairly quickly. Molly McPherson, Beast of the Southern Wild. Devastating. Gretchen Herman, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Wow. Old school. Love it. Jason Hancock, pretty much any Scorsese movie. Good, uh, Goodfellas Casino, Wolf of Wall Street. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Greta Koenig, Julia and uh, Julie and Julia or Election. Uh, very different movies, feature some stellar ladies. Boy, I'm with you on both those movies. Election's one of my faves. Sarah Stapleton, Coming to America. What is that, Velvet? She puts in there. <laughs> Emily and I can almost <laughs> act out that movie every role verbatim.
3: Did I hear they were doing some kind of reboot?
2: I think they're doing a sequel. Oh, okay.
3: Is that better or worse?
2: I don't Depends, know. right? Proof is in the pudding. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Tess Sullivan, something from my childhood, like Bedknobs and Broomsticks, or Mary Poppins, or Pete's Dragon. Uh, Teresa Tomorrow. I have three, and they're all old. Summertime with Catherine Hepburn. Remains of the Day. Oh, great Merchant Ivory film. And Much Ado About Nothing with Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson. I like what you're throwing down there, Teresa. Jessica Lynn DeAlba, Pride and Prejudice BBC miniseries, Five Hours of Perfection. Jessica, You Should Meet My Wife. Uh, Audrey Bartlett, Twister. Emily loves that movie, too. Nick Kelly, Lost in Translation, All the Way. I'm with you there. That, that'd that be a good pick for me, too. Mm-hmm. Good sick day movie. But yeah,
3: it's it's like got that... It, it it makes you feel good. I know I keep coming to that, coming yeah. back to that, but I think that's important. It either like it's got that chill kind of languid vibe, uh-huh. and it ultimately kind of makes you gives you the warm fuzzies, which you need when you're not feeling well.
2: Agreed. Andrew Fernandez says the Goonies, great one. Aaron Cooper, Coop, my buddy, Clue every time. Boy, I love Clue. That is always a good answer. Scott Dawson, The Commitments, that's another feel good movie. Susan Stecker Jones says the Jerk or the Princess Bride. All right, she likes to laugh when she's sick. Fair enough. Nick Mahaffey, never go wrong with Roadhouse. Agreed. Glenn Pott says, better off dead. Good movie. Jessica Amber says, young Frankenstein or legend. Depending on what kind of sickness she has, I yes. guess. <laughs> uh, Annie Coates, Amati, bringing up baby. Anthony Marks says, empire strikes back. And he put down six exclamation points. Uh, Jean, or Jeannie McCool. Great name. Stand by me. Good one. J.J. Verbino kung fu hustle. Brandy McCabe, Indiana Jones or Harry Potter. Uh, Teresa Barker, any of the Nora Ephron movies. I'm with you there. Those are mostly pretty good. Uh, Norma Brunson says, usually I just pop in Buffy. I'm more of a TV series guy when I'm sick. I like to binge stuff if I'm... Oh, okay.
3: In bed. I don't really rewatch movies either. Really? I really don't. Yeah. You're just coming out with that
2: now? Yeah. All right. I have a really good memory, though. I have a terrible memory. Uh, Mike Dickinson, Zulu or Rio Bravo? All right. That's that's good. Matt Green, That Thing You Do. Kate Welpton Gross, Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: Oh, that makes sense.
2: Absolutely. Sick movie. Uh, Kendall Argast Watson, Shakespeare in Love. Tammy Gibson, Love. I'm sorry, Gibbons. Tammy Gibbons, Love Actually. Ryan Love, The Breakfast Club. Tom Rockwell, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Ugh, kill me. Not a fan. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're sort of all the same to me. You think they could have gotten to that mountain a little faster, don't you, Chuck? For sure. Uh, Reuben Parks, Blade Runner or Die Hard? Yes, sir. You're correct. Uh, Jade Wright says Wizard of Oz. James Padrone says Snatch. Uh, Brandon uh, Suria, uh, sorry, Surigao or Surigao says The Shining. Another Ferris Bueller from Corey Moll. Uh, Lisa Marie says Snow Days. It's Harry Potter. Rainy Days, Fever Pitch, Sick Days, Friends. Wow, that's specific. Very specific. I like what you're throwing down too, Marie. I'm sorry, Lisa Marie. Is that Lisa Marie Presley? I
3: don't know. Is she still around?
2: She is. Cool. That is not her though. Uh, Kristen Egan, Singing in the Rain. Great. Uh, Bryce Barnett's Zodiac. Oh, Yeah. You love Zodiac too, I'm a fan of Zodiac. Yeah, I like the the slowness of that. I feel like he
3: really translated that into the Mindhunter show too. That show's got a similar vibe.
2: Yeah, agreed. Uh, Christopher Austin, Field of Dreams. I could throw down with that. Chris Davis, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, that's a good one. Terrence O'Rourke says, um, Dodgeball or Kind Hearts and Cornets. All right. Allison Gallagher. Uh, Allison's very active on the page. Thank you, Allison. That Thing You Do, another one for her. Uh, and then two more. Caitlin Gordon says, you've got mail. Nora Ephron getting more love. And Terry Richards with The Notebook. The weepy, romantic, sappy love fest. Mm-hmm. The Notebook.
3: Yeah. I, 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 I stay away from stuff like that.
2: You didn't see it?
3: I did. I mean, I, I, I've I've had it spoiled for me, so I, I don't think I need to see it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I'll go out there and say, I like The Notebook. Okay. Oh, thought it was good. I love me some gossling. And he and Rachel McAdams had a, I mean, it, it's, I think they fell in love on that movie. So when that happens, you can really feel it oh, sure. through the screen. And then, I mean, I'm a sucker, man. I'm a, an emotional wreck here in my late 40s. Yeah, me too, dude. And the, the James Garner, Jenna Rollins, as, uh, them as old people subplot is just oh. fucking devastating. Yeah. Can't take it. Good movie. I guess I like my
3: tears to come from like Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. I don't really seek out like dramas as much as yeah. I used to. I, I, I need I need comedy, man. You, how
2: how much do you cry?
3: A lot, like daily. No, weekly? no, in movies. I mean, like no, it, no. no it, I mean, in life. In how life, much do you cry. Oh, uh, no, no. It, it really only happens during movies, man. Okay, it, it happens. It happens a lot. Like if I go to a Pixar movie with my kid. Oh no! It happens with music sometimes too. Sure. Like if I hear a song or by something, I'm turning like I was trying to turn my kid on to the Beatles. Yeah. And some of these songs are coming on, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm yes. getting paired with the the showing of it to her, and her being in her, your eye. It happens, man. <laughs> and she sees me, and she goes, "Dad, quit being a pussy."
2: Emily and I. She doesn't say that, does she? <laughs> no. Emily and I call it getting weepy, uh, and we, I think, are. I was about to say no good for each other, but maybe it's just fine. But we get weepy a lot. I mean, the right TV commercial man can send me over the edge. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Noel, we're going to finish with comment card where we take uh, Facebook questions to the two of us. Can you name, and this is from Joe Foster, J.O. Foster. Can you name at least three movies where a cop who's just had enough throws his badge into a body of water? I don't think I can name one. I guess I I I usually picture them slamming
3: the badge down on their superior officer's desk.
2: Well that's when they get suspended.
3: Turn in your gun and your badge. They
2: also always do so angrily. That's true. I don't know that I've ever seen that. So I want to see them skip it like a stone. Uh (laughs) That'd be cool. (laughs) I'm done with you, badge, but have a little fun on your way out. Right.
1: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy
5: Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen
2: Danielle Gleason says, "When will you feature Tarantino? As in, have him on the show, Danielle? Well, I mean, shit. Whenever he wants. Yeah, he. You know, I've talked trash about him on the show a lot, though. Well,
3: he's you know he, he's a problematic figure of late. You notice the uh, well, sure, his, his Weinstein support and the yeah. whole making Uma Thurman drive that." Yeah, car that almost broke her spine. Yeah. You know, that's not a good look. Did you see that footage? Oh, yeah. It's rough. It was pretty scary looking. It's real bad. She's yeah. all,
2: like, broken and, like, like ragdolled out, man. And you, you don't do that to your actors. No. 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 And, and by it, the way, it, yeah. uh, from our last segment, Grip This, the camera was mounted on the car behind her head. That's right. For that POV. The grips would have done that mounting. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, of course, I would have Tarantino on there because he's a a giant of the industry but he he he's never going to come on the show. So let's just keep
3: talking shit. Yeah.
2: Joshua Brennan says which sequels that are better than the first. Uh he goes with Terminator 2 and Temple of Doom. I take issue with Temple of Doom being better than Raiders for sure. Terminator 2 was better than Terminator probably. Uh and I don't know about better but Godfather 2 was yeah. just as good as Godfather 1. I. I just, I like the whole
3: backstory, the whole, like, the time travel aspect of it a lot, you yeah. know, I, with the whole, like, Vito's early days or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah, and I feel like we already covered this, too, because I remember talking about Spider-Man 2. Oh, maybe so. So I think this might be a repeat. That's okay. You <laughs> can have different answers. I probably had the same answers.
3: I'm a big fan of Titanic too. Though I think that's clearly the superior film.
2: Uh, Boat Rising? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Bodie McBoatface. Chris uh, Popoff, or pop depending on if your K is silent, is there a movie that no one seems to love but you? That's a good question. He says, for instance, I love Gore Verbinski's The Mexican with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, uh, but I feel like the consensus is that that was a failure. I'm not going to put too much thought into this, Chris, because... I don't want to bore you, but I will also agree with you that I quite enjoyed the Mexican. I thought it was pretty good, and so, I, don't, I don't think it was very well reviewed. The one about the gun, yeah, that's all I remember. I liked it. Okay, the gun was the Mexican. That's right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Do you have an answer for that, Noel? I don't.
3: No. All right. I, I just I, I'm a hard line. I follow what the critics say. Yeah, no that's, matter
2: what. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we love about you. Uh, Kristen Glenn Kister says, "When you make a new acquaintance." What movie do you throw out there to judge their possible friendability? Whoa, that is a great question. Hmm. All right, I'm not going to overthink this one either, but if it's comedy stuff, I might throw out like a Waiting for Guffman or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Waiting for Guffman on comedy.
3: I've definitely done that before. Just like I'm always delighted when someone hasn't seen it because I uh-huh. like watching it. That's when I would rewatch right now. Yeah. For sure. But it's also yeah, it's because it, it, it's got such a specific sense of humor that just really lines up with, you know, my sensibilities, I think. That if someone else gets it and laughs at the same bits, then you know, you, you probably'll hit it off, you know.
2: Well, even more so though, if someone was like, "Ugh, what was funny about that? Exactly. And then you're like, yeah, pass. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> swipe right or left. I don't even I, know. I Which way too. do people swipe?
3: I, I don't know. It's been too <laughs> long. Uh, for me, it's like uh, Eternal Sunshine adaptation. Like all those Spike Jones, Charlie Kaufman, uh, Michelle Gondry. That whole world. It's any of those movies. They just they ch- they check all the boxes for me. So if someone's gonna if we're gonna hang, you gotta like those movies.
2: All right. The next question is from Caleb J. Wyant. Who was your movie crush that is a movie character you always had crushed on? Um, that's a good question. So I'm going to go with a movie called The Heartbreak Kid. And the, uh, specifically Michelle Moynihan, or Monaghan, uh, her character in that. I got a big crush on her in re- IRL anyway, Michelle Monahan. I just think she is uh, beautiful, but in a, in a very... Uh, approachable girl next door sort of way and she always plays likable characters. It just seems like a good person. So, I've always crushed on her and her character uh in the come uh, I'm sorry, the heartbreak kid is uh Miranda and she and they play this up in the movie is just super lovable. Has this great family and she's nice and she's funny and she's smart and that's kind of the whole point of the movie is that she plays opposite this creature of Cameron, uh, I'm sorry, not Cameron D's. I always get them confused. Uh, Maylon Ackerman, who turns out to be, you know, Ben Stiller gets married to her early on. It turns out to be a nightmare of a wife. They go on vacation where he bumps into Michelle Monahan while his wife is sick and they sort of form this relationship. But um, I'm going to go with that as my my movie crush as Miranda in the Heartbreak Kid.
3: I actually posted this. There's a movie crushers thread. Uh, asking this very question, and um, everyone posted their answer with a GIF. And mine was Wednesday Addams, Christina Ritchie playing Wednesday Adams, Oh. When she's like uh, wearing like an Indian Pocahontas kind of outfit uh-huh. and lighting a match because she burns down the summer camp, I guess.
2: And yes. This and, was, and of course, yeah. you saw that when
3: you were When I was a her. child. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly.
2: But I have continued
3: crushing on her as
2: she has aged and was, yeah, yeah. you know,
3: roughly the same age. But yeah.
2: Uh, here's a little story for you, Noel. You know, my brother worked as an AD for many years. He worked on The Addams Family Values, mm-hmm. the sequel... And he and Christina Ricci were kind of pals, yeah. and she even, I think, had a crush on my brother and gave him a Christmas gift of chili pepper boxer shorts. Oh, my God. we tell him to put in a good word for me? <laughs> I'm kidding. I've got a girlfriend uh so yeah that was kind of cool that's awesome man uh, th- those
3: movies do not hold up on repeat viewing though, i will tell you that i, I watched one recently and...
2: well the, i thought i Family values was actually that's a sequel that was better than the original okay i watched the first one yeah. yeah the second one was better that's the one with the pocahontas that's right yep yep very good movie and they had that great dance sequence in that movie with uh raul julia and uh the mamushka huh the mamushka is that the dance? That's the name of the dance.
3: Oh, man. And he throws was... the knives up, and he catches it in
2: his L- that teeth. That whole sequence, my brother said, took like a week to shoot that oh, I'm thing. i sure. It's just, I think Barry Sonnefeld directed it. Yep, it was just right. amazing, amazing. Yep, yep. All right, a couple more here. Brandon uh, Favory says, What movie universe would you most like to live in? That's a good one. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with anything set in the the rural British countryside. It's very uh, very peaceful, very calming. Yeah. What and, about
3: you? And 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 apparently murders happen on the reg. <laughs> sure. In the British countryside. So I could
2: play detective. I don't
3: know. I I, I I felt like I would have really enjoyed the '60s. Yeah. You know, just something in the '60s, like Forrest Gump, maybe. All
2: right. Sure. Why <laughs> okay. not? Forrest Gump. Uh, and finally, Chrissy Burbeck, do you ever have friends or other couples over to watch movies? You know, Chrissy, I don't do that as much anymore, and I should, but uh, Scotty from the Oscar Spectacular will come over and watch movies every now and then, but it's usually, and especially now that you got a kid, we have a kid, it's like, it's usually just me and Emily. Same with you?
3: Well, I have a kid, but I only have her on the weekends, so um, yeah, I have friends over to watch movies all the
2: time. Oh, well, why don't you ever invite me? I will. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't know that was on the table, Chuck. Well, I haven't said yes yet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for Mini Crush this week, everybody. Uh, we're wrapping it up here. Thanks for the support, as always. Thanks for contributing. Like us on Facebook. And thanks to Mr. Byrne for joining us on this episode. Yeah, right? that's how about cool. that? Yeah. Connell might have to come in here on the reg. Yeah. He's uh, one of the smartest dudes. Oh, my God. And a Renaissance man. Big time. He uh, He's actually an actor. Like, yeah. go to Netflix and stream The Reconstruction of William Zero. Yeah. And Connell is the star of that movie. Yeah. And he plays an awesome bank manager in The Vault, which is also on Netflix. And he was in the Stuff You Should Know TV show. And Connell was also the lead singer of a band that, yeah. like, was on a major label. Totally. In the 90s. Yeah. Very, Yeah. Uh, it's really kind of crazy. Fascinating fellow. Yeah, good dude. So thanks, Connell, for coming in here. Uh, again, thanks for your support. Like us. On Facebook Uh, this week, you have a little bit of homework. I'm going to have Beth Newell. Uh, Beth is a friend of mine. She is the co-founder of the great, great satirical feminist website Reductress. Sat down with Beth in New York City to talk about her movie crush, Bridget Jones' Diary. So look forward to that. Watch it this week. And thanks for tuning in.
3: Reductress is so fucking funny. I love
2: it. It's the best. Thanks, everybody.
3: See ya. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
4: slash compatibility.